Hello and welcome to Dad and Sons, an OK podcast with your OK hosts. Uh, I'm OK George, and uh, we have OK Matt. Um, how, 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 how are you doing? How are you doing, Matt? Are we are we OK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, a little busy, but yeah, doing OK. Yeah, we, uh, we 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 don't have Liam this week. He's catching up on a game development milestone. He's doing like real work on a on a real project. That's not enough to stop us from the monumentally, um, you know laborious task of of having this okay talk over some okay things we've consumed over the past week i i feel real bad i i i watched the mortal kombat movie and took a bunch of notes and then i find out that you guys are actually behind this time we're gonna have to save the real talk on that for next week yeah yeah liam watched did i I he might have not watched it actually i got it for him but you know but i didn't watch it myself well, what, what what I was surprised to see on, on the Wikipedia page here is that this had a uh, international theatrical release on April 8th in uh, 3D. <laughs> it, it is one of the few theater movie experiences that are breaking out of, of the COVID barrier to try try and get people to to go out of their homes and, and spend money on the stupid 3D glasses again. and. Uh, God, I hated that. <laughs> I wonder how well it's working out for them. Because they also simultaneously released it on the streaming service. And for all the buzz I've seen about this movie, I didn't even know it was a theater thing with the 3D glasses. Like, mm-hmm. that you go out into a building until just now. Like, everyone's talking about it. Everyone loves how, like, okay it is. No one says it's great, but at the same time, it seems like no one's too horrifically disappointed either. But I didn't even know it was in theaters until the Mortal Kombat movie for the show. Yeah, I mean, you're there for the popcorn. I mean, at that point, you know, well, you're not gonna get the good shit. I I wonder what it's gonna take to uh, get me in the movie theater. What what will be my breaking point? Uh, Evidently, it was not Mortal Kombat. But you know there is. It's gonna be Demon Slayer, the movie. That's for sure. Yeah, that, that keep, nice anime right there. I keep getting getting Demon Slayer confused with Goblin Slayer. <laughs> Ooh, I haven't even heard of Goblin Slayer. What is Goblin Slayer? Uh, Liam talked about it. It's 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 exploitive. It's trashy, and it's not something that you uh, admit publicly to the internet that you know a lot about. <laughs> well, I'm glad ga- I'm glad I'm not part of that group. <laughs> I I well, well fan okay. service is a bunch of fan service is that what it is? It, it's it's also like weirdly hyper violent and there's some interpretations Ooh. that there's a kind of a, a xenophobic a, a oh. fascist bend to the violence oh. like oh. like like how uh, Attack on Titan kind of apparently ended. Oh, it ended? Did it end? Well, no, they released a, a new chunk of some media that apparently made a lot of people sad with how it's it's shaping up to end but anyways um uh okay okay well yeah because the, the season is the last season is airing i didn't know if it finished yet i've been waiting for it to finish i've, I've watched like six episodes of the new season it's kind of waiting i've been watching a dub the dub i'm looking at, at what's out in the theaters and mm-hmm. and the one recognized uh Tenet. name i see is is fast and furious no i i scrolled past tenant tenant's not on this list of of upcoming movies that might get us out into the theaters fast and furious is always like it's always a good time i mean cheap theater would would you do it would you risk it well 
Probably not. I need. I need. I really need to get my shots. I got the email. Oh, oh, Uncharted is uh coming out over over the next year, um, February two thousand twenty-two. So it might all be overblown then. But you think you might leave the house for Uncharted? I have to. Uh, the the I movie experience, uh, starring Wal- Mark Wahlberg. Wait, what? Wait, what? No, it's not. I thought it was uh Spider Man, Tom Holland. Mark Wahlberg is set to play Sully, the mentor-type character to uh, Tom Holland's Nathan oh, Drake. I don't know. That I don't see him as a Sully. You know what I think, think of a Sully? I think my burn notice, there's this, like, this guy that looks like Sully in there. I forgot, I forgot his name. But obviously, you know, no one, no one cares about a TV show actress, actor. But like, uh, yeah, I would have loved him as... I don't see, see Wahlberg. They, they, they want to make it goofy, huh? Is is Mark Wahlberg like getting old? I I don't know. I, I I picture him as young, like Nathan Drake. But I picture him as young too. I mean, he's getting old. Maybe we're getting old. He's also swole too. Like Sully had a little package on him, a little, little chunk. You know, I want a little chunk on uh on Sully. Sully can't just uh, be like this taking off his shirt type rip guy. That's just not Sully. They are making the Matrix Four at some point. That's going to be coming out, and I I wonder. It's going to be good. I might leave the it's house for the good. Matrix 4. You know, Ma- Matrix sequels aren't exactly widely known, but I got to say that like the theatrical experience of watching those movies is so deeply ingrained in my heart that mm-hmm. I might leave the house for, yeah, for that one if, absolutely. if it happens. Fucking, fucking Matrix, man. That was like, oh, man, that was a time to be alive, man. Being the one everyone was saying it at school and trying to do the Matrix and break their backs. Like, that that shit was, oh, man. That was, <laughs> that was a time, man. Things were simpler back then. Now that we're, now we're old men. All the video games had the bullet time buttons. <laughs> yes, yes. Max Payne. What, Max Payne came before or after? Uh, um, shortly after. Max yeah, Payne okay. 1 came out, like, the same year. Max mm-hmm. Payne 2. Oh, and, uh, I, I believe that the Matrix definitely has something to do with the, the, the character design of J.C. Ditton and Deus Ex, of course. Mm. We're just farting around. We're chit-chatting. I was, I, 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 I watched Mortal Kombat. I, yeah. I haven't played much. <laughs> I've tried to get into something recently. But I, I've been distracted by like a little bit of work. I've been like trying to learn Blender and all types of shit now. But I did spend some time, like three hours, on I think it's called Ara Arafel, A R A F E F E L L. I think I have, to, I have to type it in. Oh, oh, and it's two words: Ara Space Fell. Yeah, Enhanced Edition. Yeah, that game. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want regular. No. No. no we're going for like enhanced. Enhanced edition. It's a, it's a fun game. It, it's it's old school. It's like retro, you know? Yeah, this is some gorgeous pixel art. Um, the reason why this works is because the characters are, are pretty great. And I'm I'm only three hours in, but like the two characters that they introduce is like pretty decent compared to a lot of these like RPG maker looking type of games. Um, the, the combat is great. You know, you know, what's good about old school combat. The thing that you need to fix it with is no random battles, which this has, and you heal MP and HP after each battle. So you can just play the game. 
No need to save scum. No need to save scum. No, no need to do any of that stuff. I'm playing on normal mode. I don't know if that changes anything because they do sell potions, but I never need them because, at least not now anyway, it's very straightforward combat. Very, very, very good. I gotta say, very good. Uh, the story is intriguing enough. There's the world is huge. It's almost a little too huge, and you're just like, I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know if I have enough time to to really finish this game properly. Uh, you know, I was like screaming inside my head. Like, if I was still a reviewer, I'd be like, Oh my god, this game might be too long. <laughs> you ever had those moments, George? Well, back in the Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. And, yeah, and it is back in the day at this point, isn't it? But it looks dense, like like all the all the little snippets to see. Um, it doesn't look like the map is like big and wide with a lot of empty space that you're you're crawling around. Like every every screenshot has has a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of yeah. detail, a lot of tunnels. So yeah, so it doesn't look too stretched thin if it's really really big and long. Yeah, you explore it is always gold and pieces of loot everywhere you're um you're you don't buy armor and weapons you upgrade them by fighting so they drop the the en enemies drop materials that you can use to upgrade like your your bow and your bracer and and your your tunic it's, it's dope it's dope so each area you know you can upgrade your stuff if you're training and you're automatically training so it gives a satisfaction of something you already are doing because you have to level up, obviously. You know, instead of trying to skip every single fight. Um, yeah, I like it. You you get a little something. You get a little something. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely like. Um, I'll definitely play that again. Um, but yeah. So this came out in 2016. Mm -hmm. How did you find out about it just now? Uh. Just straight up, just same way I find everything else. I just go through Steam, <laughs> trying to find something interesting. Steam has like a new search thing now that you can like put like, oh, indie, then put action and adventure under it. Instead of it just being action, adventure, and stuff like that. So so those, those Steam filtering options like actually do work in, in your case. Uh, I wouldn't say it does work i would say it's like it's half there you know it it gives you different results but i mean i've been using it for a while now to find games so it still boggles my mind sometimes like the stuff you find and the level of quality that it tends to to eke past the threshold of like this came out in 2016 it looks gorgeous the reviews are are mostly if not extremely positive yeah. it was uh published by dangan entertainment but i never heard about it until you you know yeah it's 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 hard to find find these guys man hard to find these guys it seem buries a lot of this stuff absolutely yeah, yeah. beneath the porn Porn's always on top these days. <laughs> oh, the same people made um, bug bug fables, which a lot of people like too, and that's way more popular. Oh wow, yeah, the same people make bug bug fables. I I saw um Barry playing bug fables. It made me think about it, but the art style is just I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
I'm I'm scrolling through the Steam top sellers, and uh, the the top of the game right now is Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at that. Yeah, I, I would think would would elicit kind of a cynical response, like "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is stupid novelty joke games are crowding up the top." But I, it it doesn't look that bad. It looks yeah, it doesn't. It looks funny, and cute, and like also competently well made you know what i want to know outriders right okay. like right right it's it's getting trashed on right i but, like steam I reviewers some but, more positives too yeah because like i yeah. see i see like everyone's giving it four to five stars and games like you see the new poster that they have right now and and there's there's some in our discord who've really been enjoying it too. really yeah, I think it uh kind of has to depend on where your expectations are set, and by dropping that out in the middle of nowhere, maybe maybe that worked against it. Maybe people didn't know that uh they were supposed to like laugh with the game instead of at it. Like apparently, it it has a sense of humor that no one knew was <laughs> how serious to take it for the first couple days. Really, but I mean, mixed reviews on a game that people I'm, love. I'm intrigued. Well, yeah. it's it's divisive, you know, like, like love it or hate it type game, uh, love it or hate it type game that also has had bad server launch issues. Of course, of course. Oh, OK. Yeah. You can't discount the negative PR that a uh, perfectly good game will endure if it has a, a couple days of bad servers. <laughs> man, you should really filter out some of that stuff, man. The trigger words server. OK, these are server complaints. If it's like you could just like filter those out to actually see like if people have problems with the gameplay and not just like server issues that will hopefully eventually be fixed or have been fixed when you actually start looking at it to play. I'm looking forward to like playing like Biomutant, man. I've been waiting for that thing for a long time, man. It looks it looks dope. Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, a, a, a little bit. And 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 I absolutely positively like like hate that my initial impression was like, oh, the art style reminds me kind of of Valheim. Oh, really? <laughs> but like, yeah, it's clearly not. It's just from like the thumbnail of of the video and how oh. you see the root going through the sky with the green grass underneath. But yeah, no, in motion, it it, it doesn't. It looks really really imaginative and and cute and whimsical. Yeah, is it? it yeah, man, there's nothing to play in April, but. Uh in... well. Oh, did you play near? Yeah. Oh, 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 no, I'm not I'm not playing near. You know, I'm playing last year's big games, of course. You know the routine mm. with me. <laughs> yeah, it is sixty dollars for oh, I think they remade it though, right? They didn't remaster it, it's a remake. Right? They they fixed the combat or something like that. Re reintegrate they they also changed the the hero to a girly bishy boy. Oh really? I saw that yeah, the you manly play... guy. Instead of the freakish looking, like like shining a flashlight on a caveman that <laughs> that Papa Near was in in the Western version, but yeah, I'm uh I'm finally after it had gone onto the PlayStation Plus lineup and I bought a six month card for twenty dollars. I am finally sinking my teeth into the FF Seven remake. Oh man, you bought that? You you downloaded that like quite a bit, a lot long time ago. What happened? And and I, I spent a cup couple days over the past week getting into it. I'm at the yeah. part where you're in the uh like like junk town doing side quests. Ah, fuck and those you side know quests. 
speaking of things that are, are cute and whimsical and and fantastic to look at yeah it really does tick all those boxes and i also am uh expecting it to to get open up and later on but was actually surprised at what a tunnel the first few hours of it are mm-hmm. if um you remember right they they it's kind of it, all a it's, tunnel. it's it's like gears of war almost how uh how much walking and talking you do well um they 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 shove the rubble and the misery in in front of your face. The side conversations that you hear coming out of NPCs are they actually coming out of NPCs? I don't remember. What do you mean? Like it, it's just like a floating, floating yeah. orb that spits out stuff. You walk through a crowd, <laughs> and a subtitle appears on the left of the screen of someone in the crowd saying something like, "I heard Avalanche was behind the attack, but they didn't claim responsibility." But you don't hear it coming out of any one character model so much as it's just like floating out of the air around that chunk of crowd. Yeah, they they they. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. There's some there is some really low, low things in that uh. In that game, it wasn't perfect. I feel perfect. like you can tell because the rest of it is so expensive. Yeah, yeah. And in, in in the junk town, in the 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 side quest junk town, there's an NPC who has voice lines, but you can tell they didn't motion cap his whole freaking performance like they do with the other actors. And he looks like a robot in comparison to the rest of the characters in this <laughs> universe. These like picture perfect porcelain doll, like like model beautiful characters who emote when they talk this is one thing that like like i was able to notice the polish in this product is how much emotion goes into the the physical delivery of the lines yeah how when tifa talks like her her palms are kind of backwards in the air and she does like a kawaii girl thing yeah and then when she fights she like wails like like she's like bruce lee she just turns the cute mode off and and goes absolutely brutal on characters yeah and uh there's one vendor though who does a standard issue video game wave the arms while the face is perfectly flat and it's just the mouth and the eyes moving and it sticks out like a sore thumb to the point where it's like hilarious and cute in a way that I guess didn't really hurt it that much but still it's like it's funny what you notice when when the budget is that high you know yeah yeah I I I wonder how the second one will be well, uh, it's uh, it's it's the ending that I heard is quite a doozy. I am looking forward to seeing what ah, uh, that's right, what yeah. craziness is is in store. Considering how different it branched off immediately, like after you bomb the reactor, suddenly nothing else was like the original game. Yeah, it starts getting a little crazy. It starts getting a little, a little crazy. I mean, things have were were changed throughout. I would say it's not the same. There's characters that. Were didn't have screen time before, now they do. Oh yeah, yeah, like Jessica. Yeah, like yeah. So like you know, I have fond memories of that of that game. No, <laughs> it's, it's it, a like, fun time. It's a fun time, like as nostalgia kick. You know, it's just like ooh yeah, this is cool. Yeah, I I I don't think anything's really like like struck me as a negative so far, except for it feeling a little cramped like when you walk through this town mm-hmm. it kind of feels like you're walking through a tunnel and you walk through some of the the junkyard wastelands outside and it feels like a tunnel and of course the intro is you going through tunnels in the the shinra plant <laughs> yeah that was i i would say that's the biggest complaint like 
you're in these sections. It's not an open world. You're in these sections, and as soon as you go past them, you can't do those quests anymore. You know, the cramped world is something that you feel in 2021 that you mm-hmm. maybe would not have felt in previous generations. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's probably funny how if you were to do a side by side comparison, it's the same surface area you're exploring in the original game. It just like feels a little cramped because it's behind the camera angles behind your back instead of over. Yeah, like I, I wonder how well it will lend itself to replays though, as the years roll on because it was so tunnelly so far like especially with um with uh a certain villain showing up ahead of schedule with uh, mm. sepia tone film grain flashbacks <laughs> a lot of dialogue being driven by anime grunts where people go huh and that's how that's that's their line as far as that like my only complaint is that they didn't go they didn't complete the first disc i really wanted them to complete the first disc I think that was the best. That was the best FF seven was, and if they were going to change anything, it should have been after the first disc. You think? You think they'll make it as as the years upon years roll on? And it's different now. Yeah. How, how long? Probably and do it, in a different it way. takes to make these things. Yeah, it's going to take too long, man. We're we're not going to see it in our lifetime. We're going to be old. <laughs> we're going to so be ninety, be... and oh, finally, part four came out. <laughs> Nomira's grandson is head of production. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, well, one thing that is—I uh, I wonder how dated it's going to look then, because I do feel like the aesthetic looks a little weird nowadays. Yeah, I thought it was one of the things that does make it cute and whimsical and charming is how dedicated it is to nailing the weirdo aesthetic of the mid to late nineties PlayStation X disc based game motif where you have uh tall, long, narrow fonts with a lot of black, bold colors and seeing the aesthetic of this game that, that was such a particular time and place writing the aesthetics between anime and 3d early CG 3d video games like cloud has these big cylindrical nuts on his shoulders because i guess that was big and chunky enough to render back then it's so dedicated and pouring so much budget into a weirdo aesthetic that it weirdly reminded me a little bit of what death stranding looks like like how you get a hyper detailed visual image of stuff that has weird proportions like like sam's giant comical backpack it seems as lovingly rendered in a way where the animation and the weight of it makes sense despite its size in a way similar to Cloud's giant comical sword. Mm-hmm. Like there's just weird stuff happening on the screen for how how well textured and, and physically touchable it all looks. Yeah. For, for how much of the, the cracks and the dust and the drops they've bothered to render in these graphics. So you've been liking it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no matter how much budget... They're, they they throw into the graphics. They're never going to justify why Cloud has giant bolts sticking out of his arm pad. But it's like, it's cute. You know, it doesn't in no possible way looks like the standard issue video game World of Warcraft Blizzard shoulder pad armor we see now. Like, really do appreciate how earnest and honest it is about uh, uh, bringing to life a lot of the, the, the weirder uh aspects of ff7 you know like what they were doing with barrett everyone was talking last year about how interesting they made barrett and uh yeah i see it i really see it like uh the the voice actor really really commits 
to a character who you uh, would not expect to be taken that seriously by the people involved in the art of this thing. But you can tell that the guy voicing Barrett seems to have some real conviction in uh, Barrett's cause. Like Barrett <laughs> genuinely believes this propaganda he keeps spouting out to the point where you almost uh, get the vibe that the character is like beating himself up over making sure he believes it. There's there's complexities to this 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 hilariously exaggerated man that I, I'm really looking forward to digging into as I go through. You're making me remember a lot of things about that game. That game was uh that game was a good one. Sixty dollars well spent. Like I said it back then. For sure. Sixty dollars well spent. So for you playing it for free, you're gonna very It was I You're gonna really enjoy that, George. <laughs> it, I I still <laughs> It, it is a really good deal, I'll give you that, but it's it's there, there ain't no such thing as a free FF7 remake, kids. <laughs> You're selling your data, kids. Also, whenever you uh, cancel your PlayStation Plus subscription, you know, access to, to these games goes away. And I think they actually have a special asterisk at the end of the FF7 remake where um, there's uh, some... Some extra hoops involved of giving your save games over if you try to transfer over to the new PlayStation 5 version with the, the Yuffie DLC. But anyways, no, besides that, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I get it, you know, of, of the ridiculously expensive exclusive projects that Sony has been funded where you walk a third person over the shoulder camera through a tunnel where people talk. I think I really am appreciating this one more than than a lot of their other big ticket blockbusters lately of the, the prestige yeah. gaming circuit. Yeah. I'm waiting for that another another Kojima game so I can get frustrated and kind of enjoy the moment type type thing. <laughs> well while I'm, also giggling at something silly your character. Something is silly, doing. yeah. Yeah, like when yeah. we talked about Death Stranding for like a bit. It's just like I hated it, but I'm kind of glad there's nothing else like it, you know? There's nothing else like that. Like, yeah, because it's so boring now. It's so boring now. Like, I'm playing I'm playing old games now because and... there's just nothing going on. I already played Disco Elysium. I will probably play the final cut a little bit later, but I, I, I'll, I'll give that. The backlog. Like, my backlog is so big, I'm never not going to have anything to play. Like, the, the Humble VR bundle came. Uh, Humble VR Wait, what? The spring bundle. Wait, what? Yeah, they they had a $15 bundle that includes some good stuff. The the big one Man, I have not checked out yet done? is... Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I didn't, we're doing oh, it live wait. on air in the middle of the show. Humble no, VR no, I got it. Okay, spring. No, no, I'm looking, I'm looking. It better not be done, George. Uh, you got two hours, Matt. You got two hours and three minutes as of recording to uh, uh, pay one dollar more to be detached. Played it on PSVR. Eh, it's okay. Uh, Fifteen or more gets you Star Trek Bridge Crew, Aspire VR Operative, and uh, Surgeon Simulator and Swords of Gerar, Apparently, Borderlands Two VR. Yeah, if I ever have a friend who still is interested in that stuff, I can play through Borderlands Two in VR now. Uh, I I don't know if uh. I feel like everyone's played Job Simulator at this point, and you could put it away. But Sirento VR is um gonna be gonna be good fun. It's the backlog. You gotta gotta look for sales. Look at uh what what you might have picked up in some bundles in years past. There's always something. I'm down. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab me these. I 
briefly mentioned it on an earlier episode when the movie came out last summer. But do you remember me talking about a movie called Feels Good Man? It was a documentary about Pepe yeah. the Frog. Yes. I just real quick want to want to give another recommendation shout outs accolade yearning to to some listeners who haven't seen it to watch this movie it ends on an optimistic note that i felt was a little bit naive last year when uh, uh covid was going on and uh the the, the presidential politics were still up in the air and no one knew who was going to be in office right now the movie was made before covid had happened yeah, before the 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 Capitol insurrection and a lot of the, uh, the the riots and the protests. Since then, I I weirdly feel like the drama of the past year has changed the way I look at this movie to the point where I now believe it's one of the most important movies of our coming decade. It beautifully explains an incredibly complicated situation. It's it it's something I would show my mom to uh, get her to understand how meme culture works and where the weird pressures of making art that goes out of your control on the internet comes from and how that folded into the 2016 election and how it's become politicized and i find a hard time imagining something uh explaining all those complexities better i i feel like if you if you engage with the internet a lot if you if you are curious as to uh how how memes are made and and what sort of culture we are fostering on uh communities such as this and places such as this it's it's absolutely worth watching it was it was just as good the second time as it was the first if not better the ending kind of sort of got me to like cry a bit i i I literally shed a few tears at the end of this documentary uh when interviewing experts and qualified opinions about pepe the the frog they interviewed some cryptocurrency traders who have made like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars selling joke crypto tokens involving Pepe. They have interviewed 4chan neets who are apparently unemployed and, and not going to school and not doing anything. They were somehow able to track down some anonymous 4chan addicts with, with no life for very unflattering quotes that I don't know how they they agreed to include in the in the movie they were able to get an interview with alex i think it was alex's jones's lawyer who has quotes that that are are rife with the normalized bullying that this culture has fostered it's uh it's ridiculous the people that they got for interview one is a occultist magician who uh apparently has some theories about how how meme magic is made on the internet it's a it's a wild trip that is is a, a beautiful, beautiful trip at the same time. Like it's it's funny, it's sad, it's 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 scary, and it's also uplifting and hopeful. It's it's like one of the most complete human experiences I've had watching documentaries in years since since the days of going through through Werner Herzog stuff before uh, you know, the the Curiosity Stream uh, lineup, which you can subscribe to at, at curiositystream.com slash dad and sons. Um, yeah, uh, feels good, man. If you haven't seen feels good, man, you would, uh, you would like it. Liam would like it. Anyone listening to the show, I think would like it. If you're already weird enough to listen to this show, you probably will get enough references in this movie to not just get them, but feel a connection with them. Hmm. Yes. Yes.
Oh, I got to add that to the list then. So yeah, uh, uh, real, real light this week. Liam is developing games. I'm, I'm playing through the FF7 remake, enjoying it so far. I'll, I'll have some more VR games to talk about next week. You know, besides that, I watched Mortal Kombat, rewatched the Pepe documentary, yeah. Still, still playing Hunt Showdown, but I don't think anyone wants to hear about that anymore. I I've been wanting to play some VR games, and I <laughs> I've just been getting myself distracted with Greek stuff. I want to play a Walking Dead really badly. Yeah, yeah, you have some good ones to catch up on. Saints and Sinners. Um, did you ever do Lone Echo? Mm-hmm. Way back. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they ju- they just announced a. Uh, Two, yeah, yeah, a new, a yeah. new one, but um, yeah. Anyways, that was like the the some that was like one of the best ones back then. Like there was nothing like it back then. Now there's a bunch of like little stuff I need to catch up on. Slowly creeping up on me. Cinematic puzzle solving. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh? weird, yeah. This is how I can segue us into the news because you know the 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 Pepe the Frog documentary is about weird internet things getting taken out of control by fans in real life to potentially violent extents. The chit chat we were doing on the way in about particularly immersive VR games that uh make you think you're inside the game may have been. The situation, a deranged Genshin Impact Studio fan found themselves in. (laughs) What? I'm going to be leading us into the news this week with some offbeat, weird stories. You know, no no hard industry news about about exclusive projects and and big money billion dollar deals. Instead, we're going to be talking about a gamer going crazy and trying to kill people. Oh, okay, G- great. Yeah. This 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 happened in in Shanghai in in China. A man has been arrested for allegedly trying to assassinate the uh, game developers working at MiHoYo Studios, the founder for Genshin Impact. One thing that's probably important to note here is that the guy wasn't actually a fan of Genshin Impact. He was a fan of a different gacha game made by the same company called Hokai Impact the Third. I'm guessing it doesn't translate well to English, but... (laughs) Oh my god, the drama going on here involves a special seasonal event in which the girls in this game dress up in in sexy bunny outfits and hang out around a casino around slot machines (laughs) while while you, you pull the gotcha gambling lever. And the reason why it's controversial is because this event and the content and the sexy artwork was removed from the Chinese market. They gave some some digital tchotchkes in compensation for it, and then also gave other markets some compensation through the event to make up for the inconvenience of removing things for the Chinese market. This ended up really pissing off Chinese players, a certain subset of whom, which it seems of note, seems to be tossed around by a lot of forum agitative forces coming from third-party sources quite easily. A certain chunk of Chinese gamers got mad that A, the costumes were too sexy because of a weird quirk of Chinese culture that associates the Playboy bunny costume with Western prostitutes, and B, that they ended up removing the content from the Chinese markets for being too sexy. 
and see, apparently, at some point in the process, one of those pissed off Chinese fans broke into the building with 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 intent to do harm and was arrested and apprehended and thrown in jail. Wow. I, I feel I feel like I might need to re-explain that again with another too long didn't read. A cell phone gotcha game featuring cute sexy characters yes. had some of that cute sexy content removed for China. That ended up sparking a backlash that included a real life fan breaking into the office trying to kill people. Oh, okay, so he broke in trying to kill people because they removed it? I think so. Like, there's there's a simultaneous double-edged sword that the content existed in the first place, which a lot of fans felt was disrespectful against the, the, the purity of the, the girls in the game. And the other side <laughs> of that sword is the fact that they removed the content from the Chinese market, thus disrespecting the sensibilities of the Chinese market under the assumption they weren't able to, to handle seeing their, their, their waifus in prostitute costumes as they envisioned it. Oh, it's funny Lord. because... Yeah. The the artwork in question looks a lot less racy, probably through through our eyes, than a lot of other gotcha game artwork has in the past. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, these Playboy bunny costumes, there's there's some cultural signifier to it. it it's it looks extra bad to uh the, the the Chinese audience to to have a girl wear these these Playboy bunny costumes. That that gets them extra riled up. <laughs> it's Wow. It's one of the extra spicy search tags over there, I guess. <laughs> the dark side of the web. I, I mean, they've, oh, they've no. sold promo content of these gotcha girls before wearing bikinis and swimsuits and stuff, but but the bunny costume is what actually pushed it over the line. Where, where, where they cut it. It's like, oh, right. no, no, yeah, don't yeah. dress up as an animal. Yeah, that, that's crazy. No, if, if, if your, your leotard has bunny rabbit ears on top, that just, that invalidates the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say I understand I don't I don't because I'm not Chinese, but and I don't understand the culture about. Bunny. Well, I doubt there's many Chinese people who understand why he. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm saying in in general, <laughs> not the assassination. That I will never, <laughs> never see the light. Where I'm like, that's just dumb. You're going to assassinate people over some s- stupid fucking anime girls? Come on, man. I I, I imagine you... it's more of a of a mental health problem that folds into I a would guy so. uh, uh, wanting to to end it all with some theatrical show. Is it mental health, or is this just this is just some people just think that they have the authority? Yeah, it's so it's some people with poor mental health. I think what is Probably an easier question to form a narrative around answering, albeit one that doesn't posit a solution, is how we've gotten to this point in society where the crazy psycho killer people are obsessed over 2D waifu gotcha game girls. I, I can totally connect dots between like marketing and game design and psychology and vulnerable people without good mental health and how they latch onto this. But I still, I I just cannot believe how ridiculous it is that this really is the future that that we're living in here. I would much rather someone get addicted to something that's free, get a VR waifu and do it that way. Don't don't oh pi- pirate your your waifu materials. No, or one or just 
purchase once, not do a gotcha game where they fucking spend their whole paycheck. I I don't know if it would really count as an addiction unless you were ruining your life over it, right? So if it was free and something that you bought only once, then and you played it all the time, it's still ruining your life. Uh, yeah, but it's constantly your like paycheck. constantly jacking off into your raw, like your whole room is filled with tissues and lotion. Yeah, but that that costs money. You go to the grocery store, you gotta buy the tissues and the lotions. This is why and, we don't have any women on the podcast. <laughs> and 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 if if that cuts into how much money and time you spend on other activities in your life, then that means it counts as an addiction, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I mean if tissue grew from the grass, then you just picked it out of the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd really have some problems. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, anyways, we live we live in a society, you guys. He, he didn't succeed, right? No, no. He he, he got his ass beat. Okay. He got his ass beat by the guards and is is currently in 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 cu- authority custody. He, he was brandishing a knife. He's <laughs> with so an anime character in a corner. <laughs> well. You know the fear in 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 you the USA and what actually has happened before is is a shooting taking place at a video game event. Luckily, it was a Madden event, so probably none of our Madden. Were there. Yes, there has been a shooting at a Madden tournament oh, in the United okay, States in the past. That. Yeah. Wait, what did you think I meant by Madden event? Oh, someone got mad that they add or removed some character. On oh, the- mad like the adjective. <laughs> Dude, imagine how bad life would suck if your name was Madden and you were just like a chill, no, friendly, no, nice no, guy no, no. who never gets mad. No, 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 no. I thought it was like a, like an EA event or something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think it was like, if it was a tournament, then I, you know, people getting mad and talking shit in each other's faces. And... <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> Have you seen the FGC videos, man? I just never once realized that the word Madden has the word mad in it before. <laughs> <laughs> I just never even thought about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, people get mad and uh and then then they get sad, but then they get glad and then they uh become bad and mm. imagine how different Madden would be if if his last name was Badden. Anyways, <laughs> there's there's nothing else about this tragedy that we can snicker about left is there? No. No. Yeah. Guy, guy, <laughs> don't put it that way. <laughs> had had too much. Well, it's true, right? Because even though it is a horrible tragedy, it's still over two D waifus in his gotcha games. You know, I think the most serious and uncomfortable line to this news story that strikes me is the thought that game developers who make games with potentially addictive mechanics i think there's a question about how much responsibility they should take for the portion of their audience that gets thrown over the edge like this at some point mm-hmm. at some point no matter what kind of art you're making if it gets popular enough it's going to cross a threshold where some of your fans are are statistically likely going to be this crazy 0.01% and if uh the mechanics of your game directly tap into things um, the psychological triggers that can activate a gambling addiction, 
then I feel like this might be uh, further evidence of the very dangerous game they are playing. The literally dangerous game these game developers are playing. Dangerous game. I'm pretty sure that's a series on uh, Discovery. Yeah. Can it be about video game fans who take it Probably. way too far? Because I would, I would write that documentary. Dangerous game. I, I simultaneously love and hate reading about weird video game fans taking things too far. <laughs> Uh, is that the next story? Kind of. Uh, yeah, maybe. UFC fighter George St. Pierre says that he uses real life fighting game style frame data in videos of his matches to gain an advantage on his opponents. They were on an interview with the Joe Rogan Experience, you know, everyone's second favorite podcast under Dad and Sons, <laughs> where they said, I had a guy when I was training, when I was champion during my welterweight run, I had a guy who was measuring frames. Nobody knows that. He was watching the fight and was making frames with an image. He explained that his trainer would count each frame of a fighter's punch in collecting that data to determine how fast their reaction time should be. There was a specific fight from 2006 that he cites as the example of when he started doing this and and how evidently he's he's had results he's gotten real results from uh from, <laughs> from slowing footage down and counting how many frames it takes the other guys to punch oh my god <laughs> this sounds cool and strange at the same time is there a video is there a video of that fight I don't think so. I don't think the videos of uh, the trainer's data no. in question is uh, out yet. Because the interview was on April 22nd. It's April oh, 28th. Okay. There might be some time before the episode's out. But as of right now, it's just a story he was telling on the podcast. Wow. Yeah, it really makes me wonder how much uh, stuff like that is, is going on out there. I mean, if hopefully it's a good camera, right? <laughs> I wonder if he's, uh, yeah, if he has a guy in the crowd who like zooms in to the specific yeah. side by side, left to right frame. He's <laughs> like, oh, all right, I'm going to record in 30 frames. You know? maybe, maybe, maybe it's the, the TV footage they use. I don't know. But either way, it, it really, really, really feels vindicating in a way, in a weird, weird way. Makes <laughs> you feel justified. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play video games? Yeah. Makes me feel a little justified that you play video games. Does he actually play video games, though? Do you think he just uh, does it? I don't know. I think that's... <laughs> he just started using frame that. data and not played into the human. It's about how something he did seems kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what sort of... Uh, high-level professional or athletic quirks or activities do we think um, high-level video game uh, uh, quirks or activities or exploits might be useful for? Hmm. Like, uh, I, I, I really wonder how a VR camera hooked up to a, uh, like, like a racer's helmet and a racer car could be used for them making sure that the video game looks like, like what it does when a helmet and what a face inside a helmet uh, looks when, when it's racing. I would hope that's what they do. I would hope. Yeah, automobile simulations, uh, you know, crashes, um, collisions. Do you remember the story where where the the race car drivers were playing a real, like, sponsored event in iRacing and they were crashing each other? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive. Oh, gosh. Beginning what is, of COVID. What is more directly applicable like this? Like studying frame data. Like, like what, what sport in real life do you use wave dashing for? I don't know. Um... <laughs> What about that advanced mashing technique where you hold the controller still but vibrate your thumb to mash the buttons real fast? Do you use that in real life for anything else, or is that just... There's a lot of mashing that goes on in real life, yeah. Yeah, Sometimes. (laughs) There's, there's like, mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mashed potatoes. Yeah. Beat those potatoes. Mashed dreams. Hopes. (laughs) Oh no! Oh no! Let's not. Let's get. Let's get back out of that hole. I. 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 I don't think I'm clever enough to think of something similar to using being a, a professional fighter and and using frame data to study your your opponent's wind ups and cooldowns so you don't get caught in a in a cancel trap. <laughs> oh, man, I've watched some some crazy UFC fights. Man, sometimes frame data. I ain't gonna help you all the time. <laughs> I wanna try dancing. Yeah, so do I actually. When I get back out in the world. Yeah. Because I feel like like I did not know how to dance until Beat Saber. And I feel like I still don't know how to dance, but at least I feel like now I know how to freestyle a dance. <laughs> now you know how to move. Yeah, Those you hips. know, it's Those hips, right? It's it's about conserving energy. Pr- prior I would just jump in the air and I would get tired out really fast and uh <laughs> and, and Beat yeah. Saber really teaches you to uh savor every every little little pull of every little muscle fiber and save that energy. We're talking about a lot of a lot of sports and athletic activities on the Dad and Sons and OK podcast episode this week. Yeah. Our 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 next news story is about the Olympics. And how our childhood dream of, because this totally was a childhood dream we had, right, Matt? Yes. You and I together as children. Yes. Our childhood dream that would really show our parents. Uh, the childhood dream of having video games be an Olympic sport is one step closer to fruition. There is a official Olympic event that is going to be a esports event. Now they are not calling it that, and it's not part of the actual Olympics itself happening in Tokyo this summer, unless the apocalypse virus delays it again. From 13th of May to 23rd of June 2021, they are hoping to host the first ever, they're calling it motorsports competition of uh, of an Olympic Games event. They're calling it the Olympic Virtual Series. The first other Olympic license event for physical and non-physical virtual sports, one of which is indeed Zwift biking. Holy shit. That's the thing I was looking for the other day. Yeah, I I still have not actually sat down and watched this, but it seems like word of it keeps spreading to more and more interesting places. They're going to have Zwift cycling... They're they're gonna have a sailing game uh, called Virtual Regatta. There is a rowing game that I don't think has has a real name yet. It just says Open Format. But for video games, they are going to be doing a Konami baseball game called E Baseball Powerful Pro Baseball 2020. And for driving, they're having Gran Turismo. Some interesting choices that are not necessarily the standard. Uh, we did that news story about 
the iRacing events that race car drivers had kind of settled into over COVID. It is a little weird that they're going with a consumer product like Gran Turismo instead of a professional simulator like iRacing or a more serious consumer race car driving game like Forza or F1, like the stuff Liam's into. They went with Gran Turismo instead. When you look at some of the business dealings behind it, the licensing explains why. The organization who is planning the digital event is called the Fédération Internationale de l'Automobile, who is the governing body for many auto racing events. They, they also promote road safety around the world. I assume there are not that many companies out there who would be willing to organize something like this with, with the Olympics and that the... Uh, the list of people competing over that honor is very, very short. For whatever reason, they got it, and their their partnered games get it. So they got Gran Turismo. The baseball one is also a really interesting choice. If you look up footage of the baseball game they're using, it is very arcadey. It is cartoony. It is less. Yeah, I'm I looking guess, at it. What the? F- this is what? It, what? It kind of looks like Wii Sports yes, in, in style, like a more serious version of, of Wii Sports, more complete version. And that, once again, is more up to the licensing deals of the companies involved than the uh, actual competitive depth or level of, of skilled gameplay competition in the game. It's because of the uh, baseball organization, the World Baseball Softball Confederation, having some licensing deals with Konami to uh, promote baseball esports from about a year ago. Weird choices that I don't know if they're going to pan out very well. Yeah, no. Zwift might be pretty cool to see because they already have tournaments. But other than that, I don't see anything else. Gran Turismo? Like... I, I feel like like one of the things they're going to have to do is get that Zwift audience to... to be as hype and competitive and big as, as a League of Legends audience. Oh, there's I don't know there's a lot of choices out there in the world, but I guess not a lot that were officially affiliated with uh, serious enough sporting groups to be the partners for the Olympics. But yeah, it is very hard for me to picture the the Swift the Swift event being as hype as a as, as a few rounds of of CS:GO on E League, where the crowd holds up their Arby's signs. <laughs> I, I wonder what sort of a meme culture is really going to be fostering around Gran Turismo. You know, I don't know. The 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 personalities got a little fiery with some iRacing events last year, so I guess it's still it's still possible for there to be some entertaining drama coming out of here. But I, I feel like if you're going to have video games be a part of the Olympics, there's there's quite a few more obvious routes to take. Yeah, yeah, way more. So uh, let's let's say we're allowed to pick our dream video games for the Olympics so that so that we could realize the dream of having video games be an Olympic sport. What would you choose, Matt, if if uh, you know business was not an issue? It's just all about the spirit of the game, pure, raw competition, pushing the human body to its furthest extents. What video game mentally <laughs> qualifies or physically? I don't know. I, I got I got a few interesting choices in, in my head. I feel like it would be cool to see a VR game. It would definitely be cool to see a fighting game, like seeing any one of them. I mean, if you're a Tekken guy, if you're a Street Fighter guy, personally, Street Fighter is such a it, huge name. 
that that might actually work. Is it in your dreams to have Melee be in the Olympics? I don't know about Melee. Maybe <laughs> Smash Brothers. Fucking Melee. I don't want to see those ugly ass fucking graphics again. Yeah, Melee's the best. Okay, well, you can stay in the Melee range. I want to see Ultimate. Yeah, it would be cool to see Ultimate on the big stage. Well, one of one of the big questions is if the game's going to be timeless enough for the Olympics. You know, if uh, if, if the rules change um, once every decade or so, like in basketball, and the official NBA rules are are very very set in stone at this point in history, right? And and video games might not have a similar equivalent. So, so I'm wondering if if that would actually bias things more towards the classics than the later installments. Yeah. No. No. I still would like I still would <laughs> ultimate because like that's like a bigger audience. Like it, you'll still you'll still see you'll see Snake and all that. Like everyone would have somebody in that roster. You know, like everyone knows Mario. Everyone knows Peach. You know, that's a household name. But it's the Olympics. It could go on for a hundred years more if society doesn't collapse. So, so like you got a picture in your head. Would people still be playing Smash Ultimate a hundred years from now? And people a hundred years from now, would they look back at the records and be like, "Oh yes, uh, um, George Weidman barely eked out first place over Matt Visual in the Olympic title for Smash Ultimate in 2022. This is a worthy event, memorable for all time." <laughs> I just, I just, I feel like. You feel like melee would work better. I if, if it's gonna be about the grand uh, uh, spirit of competition, you know, no items, final destination, fox only. No, it would not market well at all. Okay, well, I got one. Mm -hmm. If melee doesn't pan out, I think DDR would translate great to oh, that'd be pretty cool. an Olympic event. It's really fun to watch. It's genuinely impressive to uh see high level ddr and uh there is like a, a good spirit of competition i think to be had by two players side by side just seeing who can mash out the muscle memory of of a song at a greater rate than the other and uh at, at that rate it's also pushing the body to the human limits high level ddr takes a lot out of you can you imagine that they make a song every year or where how how, how often is the olympics uh, four years? Every, every, they do a winter games and a summer games, and I think it's every four years. Okay. Yeah. So it's so like, like two games every four years. So imagine them making uh, a song, especially for the Olympics. So people can train in order to do it so they won't know the pattern. So only oh, pure skill. No. Well, maybe some players are better suited for the first time experience over others. Yes, maybe definitely. some like certain genres better than the uh, I maybe give them like a couple days to practice. Yeah. Or maybe it could or be a more freeform judging thing. Maybe not, not judge them by their, their score on the video game, but have a panel of judges judging them by how pretty they were dancing to the song. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I don't need... Whoa! <laughs> My mic is so <laughs> I don't need... Uh, I don't need people dressing weird. <laughs> oh, dude, if there was Olympic-level DDR, the costumes for that would be... Um, they would have so much fun putting those costumes together. Yeah, you I'm, know what? I'm You're picturing right. sparkly I'm balloon pants, right. yeah. sequin disco 
top, the hairstyles uh, aerodynamically shaved down to the smoothest faux hawk possible. I'll probably dress as it and just like tie <laughs> balloons, red balloons all over me for for aerodynamics. All bounce together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it helps you lift your arms. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they they and I'll win, and I'll be like they'll constantly question my legitimacy. You know, because you were juicing. That. I was juicing. You got some of that clown juice, and I had balloons. <laughs> you were huffing the helium and slurping up the clown juice. <laughs> so, what kind of what kind of VR game were you picturing? You, you said you could imagine VR games, and and Beat Saber, I could picture it. Beat Saber yeah. can can be hard. Beat Saber is definitely yeah. Beat Saber, like seeing the pros do Beat Saber, is insane. It's insane. It's still it's it's pretty to look at. It's definitely something people would watch. I would say, compared to a lot of VR games. Do you ever think it would be palatable to have video game violence be a part of an event like the Olympics? If uh, if they ever were, people are too weak. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you wanna you wanna harden them up with with combat sports? No, no, I don't. I don't. Like, like I do. I don't, I don't think people would like that. I don't think people would like that at all. Right? People are like, ah, right. I don't want that. No, I think people would love violent sports, but oh, they you know. do. You know, like like MMA yeah. is is popular and for a reason. I I wonder why like. Sports shooting has never become as bigger a deal as it is, considering. Well, how... like you're talking about like paint paintball guns in real life, or you're talking about VR and shooting? and competitive marksmanship shooting. You know, you never see like that archery? on ESPN. Like Sometimes archery? you see archery, but but not, I, I I think uh, society hasn't become so depraved yet to the point where where when you turn on <laughs> ESPN, it's like, oh, who can. It's John Wick, Keanu Reeves at the shooting range, seeing who can run through an obstacle course of bad guy popping up at them around corners fa- faster. I don't know if I care to see that bullshit. Like the kill house in Call of Duty. Could you imagine the kill house of Call of Duty being an Olympic sport? <laughs> how how yeah. bad would... Sus- Yo! <laughs> yeah, Man. sure. I feel like I, but I feel like if that were the case, then that's how you know we live in the evil empire. For it to be accepted as one of the like timeless games of human skill over over like like shooting people with quick reflexes to be able to determine friend and foe and then scan the the corners of a room you're walking through. Like that's that's a Starship Troopers reality to be in, and I I worry. No, I, I I'm saying I I don't know if I'm a fan of having guns be mainstream. Yeah, and I worry that if video games break into the Olympics, people are going to have that conversation at some point. It's going to be super uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I I like the idea of of Olympic level DDR, like Olympic level Tetris and Olympic level Beat Saber is wholesome, yeah. but I, I Olympic level even Starcraft might be like something might be might be a little a little harder to translate for for the kids, you know? Yeah, no one's going to really understand that nowadays let alone olympic level counter-strike or or olympic level pavlov remember day nine you remember day nine right of course you know day nine it was one of the big names when i was like starting my channel out in in 2000 what does he still do stuff what what about i 
Oh, I don't um, like that question. I mean, it's only a matter of time before people start asking themselves that question <laughs> about, like, you know, the Super Bunny Hop YouTube channel. <laughs> Does George still do stuff? I already oh. have a podcast that no one listens to. It's like, oh, I'm a little cape podcast. <laughs> oh, God, Matt. Why did you? We should. Mm. See you later, folks. <laughs> I guess that is absolutely a great reason to cut you off right there. <laughs> So that we can move on to listener questions, because that evidently is what I'm doing now. If someone asks themselves, what are we doing? <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're answering listening questions here on the Dad and Sons and OK Podcast podcast. Should I, should I just stop the, the the Dad and Sons animation now? Should I just like give the, up on the work? It, it, no, keep it. Go it's cute. <laughs> I like how it looks like the poster. It's got the <laughs> fun visual effects in the beginning. It's going to be good. People are going to love it. I, I swear. <laughs> if you if you want to convince Matt that you will indeed love his his Dad and Sons animation when it's done. Uh, send us your love mail to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com <laughs> I don't think anyone knows about it other than the people at Discord <laughs> lighting a fire under my ass now now I have to finish it oh well if you if you want to tell Matt that he can chill and it's actually all just at his own pace and you know don't don't put anything out that he's nervous about <laughs> nothing nothing he wouldn't want on the resume in a few years then send that to dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com <laughs> Oh my god. Once again, that's dad and sons podcast at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Gmail uh, Mr. Fuzzles says, much like the UFC fighter who is using frame data to study their opponents, Mr. Fuzzles says, what skills or systems have you absorbed from video games that gave you an edge in real life? Example, adding timers to chores, finding the flow or game in your work schedule, or tying personal growth goals to quantifiable metrics, which I really need, etc. I've done a lot. A lot. This is like a constant conversation. I feel like playing video games when you're younger really develops a lot. Especially of, the uh, Sims. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like puzzle, the way to find a solution, not easily giving up. Like the, a, lot of, a lot of different things games force you to kind of figure out, you know? Uh, uh, depicting adult life is is one that they struggle with, but but happens prizing a lay a lot. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 dope. I would say I, I mean I have learned a lot from video games, man. All right, what's uh what 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 are some fun stories? Yeah, like I I mean I keep telling the story about how the bike trip that I went on felt like I was on a Bethesda adventure where I had way <laughs> too big of an inventory. Mm. Like every every 5 minutes I was opening up a bag and sorting things out and it felt relatable in that way, you know, holding W and going in one direction forwards. And The Sims, you know, had a big impact on me thinking what adult life was like as a kid growing up. I wonder how bad that one has damaged me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I feel like puzzle games and problem solving and kind of like, it's hard to describe. I would say subconsciously. It, it has kind of improved a lot of things. And you can kind of tell, like, things that don't develop in other people because they haven't played video games. It sounds horrible <laughs> to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, did you play video games when you were young? No. Uh, I see. So I, I definitely see, see a correlation between computer skills or, or, like, cell phone mobile device skills and how much they've played video games. 
Like there's mm-hmm. absolutely a correlation there over the years, I think is pretty, pretty set in stone at this point, you know, not 100%, but chances are if someone knows how to work many devices that you need to know how to use nowadays, you probably learned how getting into games. Get your imagination going, man. Get those juices flowing. Video yeah. games really do that when like you weren't, especially when you go to like a shitty school and the teachers are not doing their job. All the coolest artists play video games now. All the coolest artists. Yeah, they get inspired. They get they yeah. get that thing going, you know? Yeah, it, including music artists. With, with with healthy dosages when you're young, I would say yeah, you know, they can really I, develop some stuff. I love that we're at a part in pop culture history where we can actually notice the the video game influence in a lot of popular songs and stuff because I love Dorian Electra, right? And um <laughs> I swear, there's like some lines in some Dorian Electra songs that sound like they're referencing the Donkey Kong 64 rap, like really obscure things that are that are sneaking its way into different genres of expression, like pop music. Yeah. Yeah, it's everywhere, man. Oh, I wonder if the dialogue over the uh, systemic relations between um, different forces of our society like uh you know how much uh, there's been talk about the relationship between let's say local property taxes racial relationships and how a neighborhood is policed it's not exactly game logic but it is systemic logic and i have to wonder if a generation who grew up on playing video games where the way systems interact with themselves and each other are very obvious and concrete and tactile and interactive as part of the experience if that engenders the kind of worldview where you're going to be connecting dots between social problems that might have otherwise sailed over your head before. Yeah. Another form of media to get those, uh, make you think something different. And it's hard to think of society the same way after you grew up playing Sim City as a kid. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, uh, it, in, some, in, in some uncomfortable ways that I think we still have to grow. Video games have a lot of uh, powerful potential for doing that. For like opening yeah. a kid's eyes to where their tax money is going. Yeah. Tax evasion. Yeah, you can learn about, you can teach your kids about taxes by playing Mr. Turnup Commits Tax Evasion, the number two top seller on Steam right now. Yeah, kids don't learn a lot of things. Speaking yeah. of the systemic relationships between tax dollars and living in an urban environment, oh, Mr. God. Bubbles says... Those funny bird scooters have invaded my city this week. I haven't used them and they seem cool enough, but they don't look too pretty and could cause trouble later on if they're not handled responsibly. If they're in your city, what do you think of them? There's some in San Diego. A lot in San Diego. I bet the different cities treat them differently too. Yeah, yeah. I never rode them because I'm just, I'm just too scared. I'm just too scared. <laughs> I just, I'm just good. There's bikes too. I'm just too scared to like. Well, don't you have an underlying medical, like, thing? Thing to, to, that complicates that makes well, it a little scarier. Well, no, the period. Well, I'm not gonna ride it when I'm having like an attack or something from periodic paralysis. But like, like uh, on a normal day, I wouldn't ride. Like, I feel like there's gonna be a bump in the road. <laughs> I'm, gonna, oh, I'm gonna just take a no, dive. Th- you know? Then you just roll. They go like. Three four miles an hour. <laughs> you all, you just roll off at the blistering yeah. hot speed of three miles an hour. Your your hips can. You're not that old yet, my friend. Yeah, I'm gonna break my hips on one of those things and blame George. I think they're cool though, because being able to just get go down from your 
apartment or whatever and you know ride a scooter to wherever the corner store yeah it's like four back. bucks they uh charge you by by the the minute and it's something like one dollar a minute i thought it was like 15 cents or something Maybe it's one dollar to start and then fifteen cents a minute. Either way, oh, very, okay. very low. I love them. Yeah, I yeah. use them a lot. Yeah, the first ride was was always good fun. They're bumpy if you ride them on the sidewalk, but it's smooth sailing if you ride them on the road. Mm-hmm. So the double edged sword to that is that it's it technically illegal to ride them on the sidewalk, but everyone does it anyways. Everyone I say everyone. Large populations of uh inner city users will leave them stranded across parks. They'll like tear them up and, and leave the guts out on the street. <laughs> it's a big littering problem. Jesus. But in my experience, it's absolutely been more of a net positive than a net negative for all the drawbacks. Yeah. Like I have actually used them seriously. I use them for grocery shopping. I use them to get to the therapist office. Yeah. I, I use them for real shit that the public transportation system does not cover for for like actually living downtown like my life would be made worse without them and i hear people say so much shit about them too that it makes me worried that might actually go away at some point and make my life worse again i I have some friends who think they're a scourge (laughs) why they just little things on the pile of the side of the road because because when they get littered on the sidewalk it blocks the whole sidewalk and creates a tripping hazard for for the whole lane you also have like a different place, like Atlanta. There's a lot of homeless out there and stuff like that. So, and 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 they trash yeah. the scooters, but I also feel like they actually could really use the scooters, and they do use the scooters. I see them using these scooters a lot. Mm-hmm. So so like I I also think that these scooters are not necessarily for uh um maybe uh upper middle class people who have disposable money to spend on video games. Mm-hmm. The scooters might be for for poor people. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, Atlanta's scene might be different from Atlanta, LA's scene in that regard. But have you yeah. have you seen any particular craziness with the scooters? I haven't seen anything crazier than no. To be honest, they're always neatly stacked in the corner. Uh yeah, I don't I don't see that. But I I haven't seen anyone like fight with them or crash in them no. or run anyone over with them i've seen responsible scooter usage for the most part and like maybe 20 percent scooter torn up dead scooter gore on the sidewalk and other than that though it seems mostly fine yeah sadly we don't have any in orange but when i was uh down in san diego a lot seen them all the time they apparently go around pick all of them up and charge them and put them back out on the street it's a very, San Diego downtown is like very bougie, so you're probably not going to see any craziness. Plus, there's like cops around. I I wonder why someone would tear one of these down. And like, like what it's do you do with it? Yeah. Like, like, do you sell the parts somewhere? Where do you go to sell <laughs> those parts? Are are you doing it because you're bored? It must be so, an- yeah, it's so annoying. Oh, but sell the parts to get some money. <laughs> that Where? seems so annoying to do. I, I've never understood this part of, like, the chain. If someone steals the saddle off of your bike, which has happened to a friend of mine, where do you sell a saddle? Where, what do you, 
I'm just picturing going to all the time and the trouble to like sneakily cut through a, a bike lock and, and strip it for parts while no one's looking. And then once I'm done, what do I do? Like, what next? What's the next step in that process? How do you how do you convert that to money? Man, I hate people who steal bikes. I hate those people. But at the same time, have you ever been to a pawn shop and just seen it full of bikes? What do they do with the bikes? Where do they go? They, they stay pawn it for sure. Did they just ride the bikes home from where they went to steal the bike? Oh my god. I don't know, man. I don't know. Fucking hell. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks. <laughs> people trying to steal people's bikes and stuff in bad neighborhoods back in Miami. Fuck those guys, man. <laughs> those guys. Like, do you, do you go to the dump? Do you trade it in for metal? Because they only give you like five cents for a whole trash bag full of cans. I, is that how it works? No, it's five cents each can. Oh, whatever. <laughs> That's a big difference, George. <laughs> I, I guess they add up, but in either case, I I only did it once when my when I was a kid when my dad wanted to like show me how the dump worked. There's definitely more efficient <laughs> ways to make make money. I would definitely say that. There's yeah. more efficient ways to make money. Sage other advice: than stealing bike pedals and or and collecting seats. cans. <laughs> Or collecting cans, unless you're just trying to clean up your neighborhood, which is also pretty cool. But Instead yeah. of doing that, start a, start a podcast. No, God, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't start a podcast. So, I love uh, the name of our next listener here. Jet Sextus. <laughs> it's not their real name, thankfully. I'm pretty sure it's their real name. Yeah, I lie, that's their real name. Jet <laughs> Sextus says... <laughs> The inherent gameplay advantages of the leap to 3D graphics from 2D or to VR from traditional TVs and monitors are quite obvious. However, with the leap to real-time ray tracing, the focus has been solely on how pretty it looks with no consideration on how it could impact gameplay. Do you believe real-time ray tracing has any unique or interesting gameplay advantages that you would like to see explored? One basic example I would like to see is a fully ray-traced gunfight in a hall of mirrors, like in John Wick 2. Yeah, I think, oh, I see, because ray tracing adds reflections, like real-life reflections. I think developers might be scared that no one has a good good enough computer to run the games. <laughs> well, I mean, D DL DLSS has uh, definitely helped, but... You would think you got a whole, whole new generation. Fastest selling console in, in U.S. history. Yeah. Nobody yeah. has it. Yeah, that's just the scalpers. Now there's a whole new generation of graphics cards for it. The, the, the 3080 series. Yeah, the, the, I can't find any of those graphics cards. Nothing. Like, five, like $500 minimum on the secondhand market. It's, uh, we, we should have machines that can do it. Like, like, like according to the original schedule, that, that's something that, that might have happened this year. But Last year. Should have been last year. Things and it's been down. months, dude. It's been fucking months. I'm not waiting in line for a graphics card. I'm not. I don't care. I want my graphics card when it comes back in stock. When people actually have it. Scalpers are not fucking running their scripts on the site. Um, but ray tracing, I think reflections is probably gonna be the, the best part of the gameplay. Like a, a spooky a spooky horror game and you're looking in the mirror and all of a sudden you see something kind of walk by. 
like that would be pretty cool because a lot of games a lot of horror games they're really budgety and they don't really their mirrors are always kind of fogged out except when it's in a cutscene. So to actually have that going can have like little little jump scares that probably don't even have anything going on in the background, but just seeing your character move in the space is also a little little weird. Could be the saving grace of water levels. Mm-hmm. Like having a more more reflective effects going on with a, a water simulation could make a video game water levels much more much more interesting than just blue filter over the camera yeah uh <laughs> blue filter yeah. i don't know like how well this fits the format of the question but when it comes to the concept of how ray tracing calculates light by casting rays out in 360 degrees they bounce off of nearby surfaces that is how i believe hunt showdown's audio system works Whenever you move in that game or make a noise in that game, when when you make noise in Hunt Showdown, you cast a ray that bounces off nearby surfaces. And it's uh, calculating this shit in real time with every single footstep every single player takes. And this means that if you're out in a field, the sound waves from your footsteps travel farther than if you're in the bushes or indoors. But... If you're indoors, then the creakiness of your footsteps, the volume level is going to be louder, but the distance it travels will not be farther than footsteps outside. Like it uses the distance and volume of an actual line being drawn in the game world that is the emitter for the volume for sound effects in a way, in a method that is similar to ray tracing used for lighting that makes me wonder... Just what you could actually do by invisibly casting out rays from the player's point of interactions that bounce off things and that gets calculated into the game design. You could do things like splash damage and shrapnel that uh, blows the shrapnel of a grenade through a tiny hole in the wall, but not the whole wall itself. Flashlight tag. A flashlight tag game using ray tracing could be like... (laughs) might actually have some surprising value to uh to the tricks they could employ there getting a game where you bend light in weird ways and have to slap other players with it or some sort of obstacle with it to beat the game that sounds like a something that hasn't really been done before uh yeah uh more more of those platforming games where you play as shadows casted on the wall for example mm-hmm. a lot of platforming gimmicks where where you don't know you're playing in the reflection. Yeah, when they were first promoting ray tracing, one of my uh, imagined scenarios was the Bayonetta 3 intro of like you playing an entire fight scene that turns out to just be reflection on on a drop of water on her ass or something. The, wow. the camera slowly zooming out to reveal that you've been playing a reflection all along is a fun gag I want to see more of. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> I could picture it happening in a Bayonetta or a Devil May Cry. Like, oh like imagine God. the tutorial level camera slowly zooms out to reveal that you are actually just inside the reflection of a teardrop in an eyeball the whole time. Oh my God. 
You know, you know, in like Doom 3, the, the, the game begins with an intro cutscene and the camera slowly zooms out to reveal, oh, it was just on a monitor the whole time. This, this <laughs> could take that to the next level. You could have games about flashlight tag and, and you know, the, the, the more weird conceptual stuff. Games about shouting at people with echoes bouncing across rooms could be like a game about bouncing light across rooms. That's kind of how ray tracing works, right? So that, that counts. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. It totally works that way. Yeah. No, I, I think it actually, it might be a sentence no one said before, but might actually be a really cool sentence. Ray traced flashlight tag game. Ray traced laser tag. Ray uh, I mean, a laser already feels like something that, that could be easily doable in current video game technology, but like pulling and closing a cone around a piece of light is something that I don't think you could uh, as easily incorporate into, into game designs until the era of ray tracing kicks in. Yeah. The future looks bright, if if we can actually get there. I don't think the future is going to be bright. Man, I'm optimistic as uh, as as someone who's not optimistic at all. I expect <laughs> the future is going to be kind of shit. I think we're going to Mars next year. Okay, I am super I, optimistic. I, we do have a remote control helicopter on Mars. I just gotta wonder though, like. Is that really the best our, our, our human race can offer as a remote control helicopter on Mars? I mean, we have beautiful anime women so convincingly, uh, uh, life-destroyingly attractive that people are, 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 are brandishing knives in offices over it. And I just don't know if, if a helicopter on Mars quite... Uh, tickles me in an inspiring way as many other uh, technological accomplishments have done before <laughs> mars next year mars next year so so do you mean like like more robots on mars or, or just people on mars or people i i think that's a little way off like like it's a it's a four-year mm, journey isn't it early isn't next it? year I, I think it takes early. four years of holding W in one direction. I remember when I was a kid, I was reading about how like <laughs> difficult the, the psychological toll of that's going to be. But I guess after the past one year of being locked up in a tiny room, we'll know a little bit about what that's like. Four years? Have you read The Martian? It takes a lot of potatoes to be able to, to feed a Martian colony. And He was the only one. I just had this thought of getting a teleporter over there. But when you use the teleporter... It takes 20 years for you to show up on Mars. Then why even build a teleporter? So 20 years have passed when you get outside the teleporter. For you, it's an instant. Oh, oh, so it feels like an instant. Okay, that's the shittiest teleporter. <laughs> I know. I want I know. my money back. <laughs> I just had this like thought. I was like, oh, shit, that would be a pretty good, uh, <laughs> a pretty, pretty good show. Come back another 20 years, 40 years later. <laughs> Dude, that would your suck. wife's old your kids old you got taxes <laughs> you got taxes Tax you got 20 evasion. years of taxes <laughs> oh my god yeah i guess the one thing that they will have to look forward to is if mankind ever ever makes it to mars within the next two years and they have to be on a spaceship for four years they do have four years worth of tovg and dad and sons podcast episodes to listen through on their journey yes that's definitely a worthy podcast compared to all the other ones like you know this American Life, God. or any of those crime ones, or oh you know, God, we're Can very you high on that list. Being trapped in a rocket for four years 
to go die on Mars. <laughs> and and the only thing they gave you is this to listen to on the way. And this is the last episode that they listened to. <laughs> is this when we're talking about can Mars? You, can you imagine how crazy that would make you? Like what sort of, you would question reality. There'll be some good moments, though. There'll be a little bit of good moments. They got they got some good moments, but but the sheer irony of ending your journey on this this episode that we're where we're trying to end our journey on <laughs> someone else's journey, ending with the irony of of their journey being ended with the story about journeys ending would uh, be quite delicious, wouldn't it? Good night. Good night. I'm gonna go get a burrito. Mm-hmm.